This is episode number 64 of Down the Rabbit Hole. Hello, Carl. Hello, Rafa. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Winter is approaching, mm, you know. It's getting damp. It's mm. getting, and we're both struggling with finding time at the moment, aren't we? Yes, a little bit, but... We're here. We're here, yeah. So... And we have a very interesting show today. We do. I think it's um, something that you can actually debate and keep on talking for a very long time. And if you're not scared, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we're going to start with... With some news, because mm. uh, we have two in particular that have been very interesting. Mm. One is from out of this world. True. And one is from this world. Sadly. Pretty scary. From this world. <laughs> Yes. So, shall we start with the out-of-this-world? Yes, let's start with that one. Um, the out-of-this-world one is that uh, the solar system apparently had a recent visitor, mm-hmm. um, which is now moving away from the Earth. Uh-huh. Um, what was unusual about it was its shape. The shape? Now, yeah, it's this, so interesting. It is interesting. Now... The, the other thing to say about it is that this object, instead of kind of coming in from the outer solar system on the plane of the planets, shall we say, because uh-huh, uh-huh. they're all kind of, you know, on a disc kind of thing, Yeah, this kind of came from the top down uh-huh. out of the uh, plane of orbit or whatever they call it. Mm. Now, um, it's now on its way out, but the odd thing about it is that it is... Ten times longer than it is wide. Yeah. And it's the first time an object like this has been seen. Um, it's estimated to be around 400 metres long, so that would make it about 40 metres wide, mm-hmm. which is really quite strange. Yeah. And scientists have no real idea about how something like that would be formed. They have some ideas but nothing And certain. how it's still moving around that didn't crash with other, th- other okay. stuff? Well, they reckon it's probably wandering around for some time. Uh, it's got a very strange name. Do you know ah. how to pronounce that? Can you pronounce that? Oumuamwas. Oumuamwu. Oumuamwas. Amwas. Oumuamwas. Okay. <laughs> I think it's um, it's uh, based from, on some. I think it was in Chile, Chile, where they. Uh, I'm just trying to. Uh, yeah, I can't. Or, it sounds more like uh, from Hawaii. From... Does it? I know it said Hawaii at the top, but I thought that was the observatory. Um, yeah. Uh huh. Anyway. Yeah. It's big and long. Yes, and of course, conspiracy theories. It's a, a cigar shape. Yes, yeah, so we think Mothership. maybe it's a colony <laughs> ship or something. And they were approaching the Earth system, had a look in the guidebook. Yeah, they saw Earth, nah. Let's just keep going. Let's let's skip it and They're know, all go the other way around. Yeah, they won't be there much longer. So it is now on its way out. Oh, there's the pronunciation. Uh-huh. Moo. Oh, moo, moo. Moo, moo. Oh, moo. We sound like we need help, don't we? <laughs> uh, anyway, the object is um, reddish in colour, apparently, and this is a sign that it's probably been bombarded with cosmic rays for a uh-huh. long period of time, and that is probably dense rock and metal, uh-huh. but probably no water or ice. Or ice, yeah. So a very interesting object. A lot of scientists, uh, sorry, astronomers are scrambling to get a final view of it before it mm-hmm. disappears for I don't think they even know how long the um you know the round trip is. Yeah. So we may never see it again. Who knows? So it's interesting because uh, this gives you the the notion that there's so little we still know about I know. how solar system or solar all solar system or in general what things in the universe will you still find out there. Yeah. I mean it's weird. I mean one of the best guesses um, uh, scientists have got is that it's possibly a fragment of a molten core that was in a collision uh-huh. True, and it kind of just froze you know like a splash yeah after a collision just yeah and then just froze in space uh-huh. and that's it mm-hmm. these are how wild the ideas are right? 
I mean, obviously... Yeah, because it's hard to actually... Obviously, we know it came from a shipyard near Alpha Centauri, but you know, that's, that's another subject, right? Yes. So, moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly, we have the next news, and it's a scary one. It is a scary think, one. Um, because uh, that one is involving a campaign yeah. to ban uh, lethal autonomous weapons. Yeah, killer robot stuff. Yes. Right? It, it has been actually around this video, this campaign being published in all social media. It's very slick. And if you haven't seen it, check the show notes because there's the video to that. Very convincing. When you start to see the first minutes of the video, it's just scary. It just blows you away. Yeah. They start to show a drone that is supposed to be having an AI in it that controls uh, reactions and the mission. Mm. So, if somebody wants to trap it or uh, a, s- a sniper would like to shoot it, yeah. it moves as avoidance and reacts. Tactics. And, yeah, exactly. And when he's close to the target, yeah. it just has some uh, design explosive yeah. that blows your brain away. A bit of plastic. Yeah. yeah. So it's, in the video they said, uh, surgical procedure. Precision. Well, it's like a free-ranging bullet. Attack, yeah. It? I mean, and they start to show how it swarm, might be used. How it might be used. Mm. And there are swarms of yeah. them falling from a Dropping plane. out of a bomber. Right? The spooky part here is when it starts to say, you just have to tell the drone the profile of the yeah. person, height or clothes, yeah. wearing uniform. Republican. yeah. And you're like, wow. Mm. Imagine that maybe that day you kill all people in red, dressed in red. Yeah. And you decide to put there a red scarf that day. Or, gi- or ginger-haired people. Yeah. They're endangered already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can finish them off in one go. In one go, yeah. <laughs> and it starts to give statistics like, you can kill half of a city, the bad part. Well, yeah. This is but the then, end. who decides that's the bad part? This is the problem. Right? Yeah. Well, this is where this whole campaign comes mm-hmm. from, is putting ethical and moral decisions in the hands of technology. Mm-hmm. Where does it end? Right? Exactly. Probably with your death, I would imagine. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, we both, obviously, and most thinking people understand why there is a great deal of concern about it. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think it is unstoppable, don't you? Yeah, because we were talking that, Although the video is like produced, it's future. It's still something that could be already here. It could, maybe not as advanced as shows in the video, like yeah, avoidance exactly. and so on. But you could still certainly program a droid to approach somebody's head. Yeah, and you could certainly have a, a drone that small. Well, I have certainly seen drones that small. You can buy them. Right? Yeah, that, that they fit, fit in, in the your palm, palm of your hand. You can yeah. buy them. As I was saying to you in the demo. I said, yeah, pretty impressive, but it'll only fly for one minute, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's not far off the truth. Right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So obviously there are a number of technology issues to overcome, but I've also seen um, uh, videos of drones flying in swarms. Yeah. Independently swarming. Whoa. And right? not crashing with each other. Not crashing, moving as if they're one object but the like spaced apart. Uh-huh. So, and that was dif- that was weapons research. Mm-hmm. So, the I think the components are out there. What they probably can't do yet is pack it into that tiny. Yeah, you know what reminds me a little mm-hmm. the kind of drones or spheres from uh, Stargate Atlantis when they were releasing the weapons from the city. Uh, that little things. Yeah, swarming around right now. We've seen them in lots of movies, right? I mean, yeah. Those things are everywhere. Those <laughs> so it's not so spherical new. things. We're, we're, we're already bored with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if it's not a sphere, we're not interested. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, things with propellers on, come on. Yeah, that's so old. It's so, so weak, yesterday. Right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, anyway, it's a very interesting video to uh-huh. check out because it's very yeah. professionally done. Check it out. And there's also the... Uh, Link to the website, mm. autonomousweapons.org. Yeah. And just remember, if they know when yeah. you go to that website. Okay. Probably. 
Yeah, uh, most likely. I would go on that website at somebody's house that's not yours. <laughs> like now. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be on the safe side. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, those were our news. Yeah. And let's uh, talk about the main topic because, wow. Oh, yeah, the main topic. Interesting one today. Yeah. X-Men or no X-Men? Yeah. So we're calling it Biohacking Dawn, Dawn of the, the X-Men. X-Men? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Now, but why? Because X-Men were supposed to be a natural occurrence. They they were meant to be mutants. Mutants. Yeah. But one man's mutant is another man's bioengineered human, right? Yeah. So, the subject, <laughs> biohacking, what the heck is biohacking, right? Well, yeah. I think it's not so hard to understand. It's bio... Hacking, right? Hacking. Put the two words together, what do you think it is, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting that right now, um, people are starting to actually alter their own DNA. And that is exactly the key point here. That is the key point. People starting to alter their own DNA. Yeah. And not only that, the tools and materials that you need to do it are not expensive. And we actually give Uh links in the show notes to a website where you can actually buy everything you need, yeah. <laughs> including the instructions. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I didn't see that website. Can you cho- choose like what to do or? Right. No, the, uh. the instructions tell you how to go about, uh, shall we say, investigating, experimenting, defining what it is you want to change in your DNA. Uh-huh. And then you use the toolkit to do that. Yeah. So it's not like, okay, I would like to choose to have some uh, yeah. laser vision. It's not like an iPhone <laughs> app, you know. It's not like an iPhone app where you go, oh, I'd like, you know, my, my yeah. Super strength today. Orange eyes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite like that. Anyway, we're going to step through it. Yeah, step we're going to go now step. step by step, yeah. So let's, let's just begin with, um, is it legal? Well... Apparently, yes, it is. Because the only reason it's legal is because it's not illegal. It's a kind of a, it's a, kind of a gray area. Gray area, and, definitely. And the reality is it's your own body. Mm-hmm. So True. what's that got to do with anybody, right? Mm-hmm. It's my, you know, there was a recent case, actually slightly diverging. There was a recent case in the US where, a, and he was actually sacked from his job, uh, where a police officer went into a hospital and he wanted to take blood from a suspect. Yeah. And the nurse <clears throat> said, you can't do you that cannot. without a warrant. Uh-huh. And they ended up arresting her. And he ended up getting fired. Yeah, I mean, she ended up getting a lot of compensation. Uh-huh. And she made a very clear point, which was your blood is your property. True. And nobody can take it without your permission. The same thing obviously applies to your body. And obviously there's larger debates about women and and childbirth and all this stuff, this uh-huh, uh-huh. women's rights to their own body, the rights of their own body, right? It's all uh-huh. related stuff. So the thing is your body is your own property and nobody can tell you what to do with it, mm-hmm, including mm-hmm. this stuff. Right? <laughs> yes. So we thought before we would get into the biohacking, uh-huh. we'd just have a look at a related area, which is probably most people will have heard of the maker movement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And associated with the maker movement is maker spaces. Yeah. Now, the the maker movement is fairly widespread globally Mm -hmm. now. In fact, as far as I know, there used to be a maker space in town. Yeah, they started one on maker. I think they closed it, yeah. It's gone now. But Um, it's it's so related to do it yourself it's this very, culture of do-it-yourself. It's very DIY-ish and upcycling yeah, DIY. and all this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of, for example, your tablet stops working, the screen's cracked or something, mm-hmm. instead of the usual throw it away and buy another one, you can go to a maker space and either use tools there to make Are there a available? screen mm-hmm. or somebody there might fit one for you for, like, not much money. Yeah. So the idea is, obviously, you uh, keep... 
instead of just keep buying new stuff, you mm-hmm. actually keep the stuff you've got. Yeah. Or and the other thing is people take old stuff and recycle stuff and make new things out of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a big thing. And um you know, people tinker with stuff and fix stuff. And it's quite a global thing. So in a way, biohacking has come out of that kind of thinking of in a way taking back control. So instead of being at the mercy in the maker movement, instead of being at the mercy of consumerism, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which tells you, oh, that's last year's model, oh, that's now broken, throw it away and get another one. In a way, the biohacking movement has come out of the, why should it only be big pharma (laughs) that tells me what the cures are? Why should it be... And at their price, why should it be um, out of my control? Why can't I have some input into this process of, um, you know, maybe looking for cures for this or that? Yeah. Anything, right? Mm -hmm. So the biohacking um, concept is a growing community of uh-huh. professionals and amateurs, so they're just people like you and I. We're not enthusiasts. Yeah, we're not biologists, right? <laughs> but we could get involved in the biohacking movement mm-hmm. if we wanted to. But there are also uh, professional um, uh, scientists qualified in the field who are also in the biohacking movement, uh-huh. um, and basically they are effectively it's a do-it-yourself movement in biology, medical science, and genetics mm-hmm. outside of the confines of universities and pharmaceutical companies. Oh, and pharmaceutical companies, especially. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, the Wild West of biology, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of what goes on is pretty harmless, really. If We've given links... So far. We've given yeah. links to a website, for example, that uh, gives you the tools to genetically modify yeast so that you can make uh, beer that glows in the dark. Yeah, now, because, you know... I would drink that beer. Right? I can see applications for that. I would love that. You wake up and you're still sleepy and Drinking you can still in bed. see. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, you can see where is the beer. I love it. If they could make it quite bright, you could also read by it, right? Uh-huh. So it's a beer and a nightlight. I mean... <laughs> One at the same time, yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> anyway, so to buy a uh, kit to make yourself some luminescent beer is like $80. $80 is what I was, I was about to say. That is just $80. Right. And you can make as much beer as you like. Uh-huh. Once you've figured out what you're going to do with it, what the color is and all yeah. that stuff. So, but this has turned into also other areas. This is the interesting thing. Cure right? yourself. So, so obviously it started out as fairly mundane stuff, you know, a mm-hmm. bit, of, bit of fun, hacking some yeast yeah. to do this, that, and the other. I presume if it's yeast, then you could maybe make luminous bread. Bread. You're hungry in the night. You biscuits. Wake up, you know. Yeah. Where's my biscuit? Oh, there it is, glowing blue uh-huh. on the nightstand. Although it would be annoying in the cinemas, no? I think in the cinemas, <laughs> Well, it can't be any more annoying than people with their phones, can it? Yeah, uh, true. Yeah. Maybe when you see a person with their phone in the cinema, you can throw your luminous biscuit at them. <laughs> <laughs> to, for better accuracy. <laughs> for better accuracy. Right? <laughs> anyway, so, anyway, so the biohacking moons has moved on beyond the glowing biscuits, mm-hmm. bread and beer. Two other areas, and uh, other biohackers have emerged with bigger ideas. They're thinking about curing disease or clearing up oil spills or defeating ageing, all this kind of stuff, right? Ageing has been also around lately in the news. Ageing is Uh a constant, right? If there was even an article recently about if young blood could truly cure uh, ageing. Well, the, the, I think that I read about and there is a fairly, I think that is fairly well established science, actually, that uh-huh. if you get transfusions from uh, young uh, people, shall yeah. we say, that it, it is known to actually have clear beneficial effects. Mm-hmm. So there's something in those young people's bodies that <laughs> we need, right? Yeah, and you start to think that we live in Transylvania. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and we can't access this stuff, right? Yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate. Anyway, so, um, so the interesting thing is, and the thing that's got some um, organisations a little bit worried, obviously, mm-hmm. is uh, the declared intentions of some biohackers to have a go at disease cures yeah. and other biohackers to actually do things that have not been seen in nature. And we'll, we'll come to that shortly. Yeah. So these are the kinds of things that are kind of raising some concerns. Definitely. <laughs> because, yeah. of course, these, well, a lot of these biohackers are doing this in, shall we say, public view. Mm-hmm. But again, a bit like our news item about the drone, the killer drone, <laughs> yeah. which probably, as we were kind of discussing, the components of the technologies that are, pr- are out there yeah. As separate technologies, can they fit it into a drone that sits in your palm? In hand? the palm, yeah. Probably not right now, but it's probably not that far away. Uh, but again, we're thinking, hmm, under what they're up to behind closed doors, you know? Yeah, because that's what we know. That's what we know. And I know what we don't know, well, so, it could be just... So it's the same thing here, right? So in biohacking, Definitely. you have this kind of public-facing... You know, public, not necessarily publicity seeking, but people willing to be in the public view. Yeah. So, what is possible and what might be happening behind closed doors? We don't don't know, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, there could be somebody behind closed doors that you're never going to hear about who's either got or working on the cure for cancer, Mm -hmm. but they could equally be behind closed doors weaponizing some thing right and they, uh, and they all have access to these cheap tools right? yeah reminds me a little uh a story of captain america captain and america. the red skull right both were practically something like this yeah it's a double-edged sword of uh, yeah. technology being used for uh-huh. good and bad right exactly it's exactly exa- the point yeah can be the good and the bad guy yeah. anyway. It's down to the user. And right? both are become of because of uh, genetics, altering your genetics, yeah. mutating. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like the um the the controversy about guns, isn't it? Uh-huh. uh-huh. That they can be used for good, <laughs> although I can't quite figure out what that is, and for bad. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, right? It's the user. Definitely. A gun never killed anybody. No, it's the user of that gun. <laughs> But there will be an AI gun along shortly that will be able to kill. <laughs> so be careful with that. <laughs> anyway, so so what is what we thought we'd cover is what is the technology that these people are using these biohackers, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a fairly recent development, and possibly yeah. some people have have heard of. We it. have talked about that before. I as think well. we have touched on this before, like two or three times at least. Have we? That's, yes, that's because we're paranoid, right? Yeah. We're talking um, about CRISPR. CRISPR, that is correct. It is CRISPR is the technology, and CRISPR is not uh, hardware technology. It's chemical, right? It's chemicals, it's yeah. Genetic, right? Like they say, it's like scissors. It's like a pair of gene scissors. Let's cut here. Let's cut there. Yeah, and it potentially CRISPR is capable of snipping out. A section of DNA, yeah, and replacing that them. is used to express a certain protein that produces builds this. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the option with CRISPR is it can then present a template to replace the thing it's snipped out with something else. Right? Yeah. Now, believe it or not, you can actually buy this <laughs> online. Online, I mean, right? It's incredible. And that link there on the right is to a website where you can buy the toolkit to do your own. Yes. You can check now the link in the show notes. Stuff, right? But the link is practically d-odin. Yeah, odin. Dot, uh, uh, com, I think it is. Com, com, yeah. Yeah, odin.com. The you, you'll see dash the odin.com. You'll see the link from there. And, and the cost is how much? Well, the actual one that they're talking about is... Oh, I thought I put a thing on here somewhere. Uh, not, $160. No, it's not that one. No? Oh, the actual one to do the full, you uh-huh. know, create your own Frankenstein, that is uh, like thirteen or $1,500. That's wow. not a lot of money, is it? No, it's not, but... Mm. I mean, to become your own Dr. Evil, 
Yeah. I mean, that is low cost, really. Yeah. The the one the one that we've got a snippet of uh, here, sorry, is the kit for. Uh, it is a crisper kit. Uh, it's one hundred and fifty nine dollars. Mm-hmm. Is rated five stars out of five by users, and I think that one is for doing yeast. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you want to genetically engineer a yeast uh, companion. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe that's just for luminous beer or bread, possibly. Uh huh. So, uh, yeah. So. As we were saying, a lot of kind of what goes on in the biohacking thing at the moment is quite fun and students can mm-hmm. do it and blah, blah, blah. But then we've got this deeper thing of using CRISPR to deliver genetic changes into your cells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as we said, CRISPR is a kind of pair of scissors. Yeah, and they cut yeah. out... Snips out a bit, and yeah. then potentially you can present in the same action a thing to replace the bit you've snipped out, or to repair. Or, because they were saying that there are like three, three things, three that things, happen. or the DNA first. The DNA is repaired perfectly, hmm. and everything is good. This is what happens when you have a break. Yeah, the second one, the DNA is uh, repaired, but some mistakes happen. Leading to problems translating the gene into protein because of the frame shifts yeah. or, or the mutation. So you can understand that. Right? Yeah, so you can end up with three eyes. Yeah, like the old <laughs> Springfield fish. Right? Yeah. And yeah. the number three is that DNA is repaired using a template uh, artificially supplied that results in a uh, completely new sequence. Yeah, and that is what this is all about. A totally new sequence. Is providing that new sequence. Yeah. Um, and as I said, we've provided links mm-hmm. to a website where you can read the procedure for doing just that. Yeah. And you can buy the equipment to do it for not very much money. And uh, you may ask, well, has anybody had any success with this kind of stuff, right? Uh-huh. And in fact, if we go back to... to oh, yeah. That's a great case, actually. Uh huh. Amazing. We go back to 2015. I think we even touch a little on this. Uh, we, we may yeah. have done actually. Uh, there was a there was a case back in 2015 where the very first person in the world to, to receive officially receive to officially receive <laughs> yeah uh, to re- to officially receive a genetic therapy therapy uh, was in fact a one year old child. And this child, Layla Richards, uh, was uh, given a treatment at Great Ormond Street, which is a hospital in a children's hospital yeah. in, in London. And this uh, Layla had an incurable, uh, very aggressive leukemia, uh-huh. and um, was basically prognosis was yeah, it's done, it's game yeah. over, right? And they tried all the conventional treatments. None of it worked. The parents were given one last option, which obviously they embraced, Uh which was to try this uh, therapy, this gene Mm -hmm. therapy. And uh, it it was the same kind of CRISPR-type technology Mm -hmm. where it snipped out the, um, the immune uh, cells. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, made a snip in the immune cells and plugged in a corrected sequence and, and was put back into the child. Mm-hmm. And months, apparently the re- the recovery was almost started immediately. Yeah, almost. especially when you're a child, your yeah. rate of recovery is of huge. And apparently it was remarkable. Mm-hmm. And a few months later... There is now no traces of leukemia in the body of this child. That's the interesting part. There's no traces at all. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That is incredible. Now, but this treatment, she has to do it like... It may have to be... From time to time. Well, they have to test. Mm -hmm. She has to be probably monitored for the rest of her life, probably, just to make sure it doesn't Mm -hmm. come back. But that is a remarkable Mm -hmm, achievement, isn't it? And... That there are, there have been many there have been many examples actually since then of this 
kind of yeah treatment. because uh, well the third story we can go first in order but uh, yeah. the next case is uh, Josiah uh, Sainer. Well, the thing about this guy uh-huh. is, of course, whereas the child with the leukemia, the aggressive leukemia, uh-huh. was done through conventional channels, obviously, and there have been more of those amazing cures uh-huh. for different uh-huh. things. Because the thing about this kind of gene therapy is, they it's tailored for the individual. So, well, they, yeah, because it's the genetic. It's for you. It's for you. And they, for fig- you. they figure out what it is that needs mm-hmm. to be fixed and they can deliver a focus, like a laser precision kind of fix, right? Mm-hmm. And it's um, we've probably seen various headlines of it being repeated on different things. Yeah. But in the biohacking community, coming back to that, mm-hmm. what have people been doing there, right? Well, we've got two examples uh-huh. of people who self administered yeah uh, a, this bio, one is, a biohack gene therapy and the first one is Tristan Roberts no the first one is that Josiah Josiah yes yeah, sorry I thought we finished with him yeah uh, the thing is that he's making his own gene therapy mm. and it's aiming to remove the limit on the growth of muscle yeah and he's doing it guess what live on YouTube he's done it yes he's actually injected himself yes live on YouTube <laughs> But uh, now it's time will tell. Now we're waiting. Now we wait. I don't think he did a Popeye thing, you know, where he swallowed the spinach. The and spinach. It, and <laughs> he started appearing muscles da-da, everywhere. Or like yeah. the Hulk or something, right? Uh-huh. Um, and the next one I think is pretty interesting because yeah. we're living in a in a moment where HIV is still a... Still a big problem. A big problem. Yeah. So Tristan Roberts, which is 28, and he was uh, HIV positive, he recently just injected himself in front of a live audience. Yeah, on YouTube again, I think. Yeah. And uh, with a bio-hacked uh, uh, gene therapy. Mm, made by somebody else. He didn't make uh-huh. himself. Yeah. So it was having trillions of plasmids, hoop-shaped pieces of DNA containing a section that only triggers mm. for your body to create the antibody mm. number six mm. or N6. N6, yeah. Uh, and this uh, uh, this N6, what it does is that neutralized 98% of the virus. In lab conditions. Yes, of course, in lab conditions. This is the yeah, because the moment you take it out, maybe it does nothing. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't even got anywhere near patient trials yet. So this guy's just yeah. bypassed the whole thing, right? Yeah. But... Right now, this guy, after how much millions? It, it, it was a few weeks ago. Yeah. And he's been tested since. And there's almost no traces. No, it's not worked. Because this protein, what it does is chases the... Yeah, well, it attaches to the HIV virus. To the HIV virus. And kind of nukes it, right? yeah. Like the drone thing. Like on, that drone. On a molecular scale. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's next, right? Uh-huh. Um, so... The the uh, the interesting thing about there is that conventional bio uh, research uh, revealed this N six potential to um, attack um, HIV, HIV? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is years away from human trials, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. to make sure it's safe, yada yada yada. Um, I think it's going to be hard to reach that point at least in the next two or three years well the interesting thing is of course is through this through this biohacking movement yeah they know exactly what it is they have to do but an official version or it. consumer really great uh, thing i don't think is soon maybe years soon. away right maybe uh-huh. years away plus once again this takes a lot of uh, ethics and there's all kinds of problems, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, for example, even if they wanted to test that N6 therapy on animals, they have to go through all this stuff because of regulatory mm-hmm. frameworks and all this stuff just to inject it in a mouse, right? So yeah. that'll be years away, but these biohacker guys have just bypassed all that and said, well, we'll mm-hmm. do it and I'll just inject myself, right? And having done that, it didn't work. <laughs> so the interesting thing is that uh, this guy, um, 
Richards is his name. Tristan, uh, it's Tristan Roberts. Roberts, sorry, Tristan Roberts. He's saying, well, there was a, a fairly big chance it wasn't going to work, but we'll rework it and have another go. So they'll be coming back for another shot at uh, doing that again. Mm-hmm. So again, very interesting, and uh, it's kind of the beginning of something quite yeah worrying in a way. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously, you can understand what the shall we say uh, society-minded people are trying to do, mm-hmm. but of course. For every one of those, there's at least one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. You can go to biohack.me or .me. Yes, that's one place to look at. Yeah, to get uh, a little more info about the tools. And and there is, in fact, a related group. Uh-huh. Uh, unfortunately, they're called Grinders. Grinders. Which I'm like, sh- think that's real. I think they need to work on that. It's something like you would use a term in Mad Max films. Yeah. Go I, to the grinders and they I, will cure you. I, yeah. I, I actually think it, yeah, you would. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's actually come from, you know, a grinder, you know, a spinning. I, know. Uh-huh. I think that's where it's come from. And and they're actually a kind of another related movement uh-huh. um, who are into cybernetic modification. Uh-huh. Uh, and certainly I've read about a guy who had small magnets inserted under his fingertips, little tiny magnets. He doesn't drop things. And he could feel electric fields. Wow. Cool. Because your his, fingers are packed with nerve endings. I know. But then he, uh, his body started to get used to it and he was process information. It, no? Yeah. So he could actually put, he can actually put his hands on a wall and trace electric cables in the wall. Wow. With his hand. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> it would be useful when you are eating and you drop, you don't drop the knife anymore. You or just the go, fork. click, clunk. There you are. <laughs> Do you know, I never thought Or that. the keys. The hmm? keys, right. It's got all kinds oh, of keys. applications. Let's put it in the palm and you just pick them up from yeah, the table like yeah, that. on the back of your hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... We've given some links to uh, some grinder uh-huh, grinders. Um, so let's try and wrap this up with a, mm-hmm. let's a wrap conclusion. It up, yeah. um, so it's not really possible to discount biohackers as crazy, disillusioned people, right? They're mm-hmm. obviously not. There's a lot of very intelligent, very uh, you know, very uh, yeah. your professional people involved. And the question is not so much whether it's these kind of public biohackers that are the problem. The real issue is... What's happening in the back? What are we not seeing, right? Yeah. This is the problem, and that it's either government stuff or... Crazy neighbour. Crazy neighbours in their bedroom, basements, <laughs> garage, whatever, yeah. right? Behind a bookcase hidden door. <laughs> that, that, that would be my favourite. Yeah, door, definitely. Right? Yeah. yeah, I've seen that movie. Anyway, <laughs> and speaking of movies, oh. um, let's um, cover a movie and a book uh-huh. to go with this subject, shall we? Movie. Have you seen this movie? Uh, it's quite old, actually. Yeah. Actually, I saw, I think, another version. Because it's been in remade. The, yeah. It's called Island of Lost Souls from yeah. R.E.C. Canton, mm. but it's from 1932 in the U.S. Yeah. And this story is uh, about a guy called Edward Parker mm. and his rescue in the sea. But then he gets into a fight with the captain of the, uh, of the, of the boat mm. and he's thrown out. Mm. Now, the thing is that this boat was bringing up stuff to the island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. And when we said Dr. Moreau, you already must know that is not exactly A.G. Wells' The Island of Dr. Moreau. It's an interpretation. It's an interpretation or adaptation yeah. of that book. Yeah. In which you will, uh, the people start to find in that island mutations between humans and animals and all kind of, let's say, well, monsters. Monsters from the id. 
Yeah. 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 An interesting Yeah. Because in the concept, end, it happens right? like a revolution. Yeah. They so, revel uh, yeah. So the like, creator. I mean, again, H.G. Wells, 19th century. Yeah. Guy was a genius, right? Uh-huh. Which reminds me, mm. or, or makes me think, every time some kind of new species or a species yeah. grows and gets developed, mm. they always turn to their makers. Or to destroy them, you mean? Turn around, make independent. You know, there's always this... We have had many examples of this happening, mm -hmm. even in books in sci-fi. Right. Well, uh, where they always turn on their making. I mean. Always, yeah. Well, that's where the drama is, right? I remember right now also the other one. For example, um, Stargate. Stargate. Humans rebelled... Uh, oh, against the... Um, pharaohs, the Ra. Yeah. Ra. The, yeah. Uh-huh. It's, you know, uh, it's a common... Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Classic, there you go. Right? Yeah. Uh, so think, here in this book, in this movie, yeah. all these animals, creatures, rebel yeah. uh, against uh, the maker. Even iRobot. Even iRobot. Even there they were. So it's maybe in our nature to... That's, I, a, that's where we have fallen angels. But, okay, there you go. There you go, right? There you go, right. And now... And now... A book. A book. Now... We've got a fiction book and a non-fiction book, and the fiction book I've read myself, and it is brilliant. I highly mm -hmm. recommend it. And it's called Blood Music. Uh, it's written by an American, Greg Bear, in 1983. And uh, it's about a biotechnologist who is doing research, um, and what he does is he gets fired from his job. Uh -huh. And he takes his research with him. And <laughs> he actually, to smuggle his work out of his uh, place of work, he injects himself with it. Mm -hmm. And the story, which I'll not give away, is what happens. And it is a really good read. Uh -huh. From 1983, um, all kinds of stuff start happening yeah. and it's a very fascinating book um highly recommended and the other one is actually uh he's the guy who wrote it part uh -huh. wrote it is an advisor to the company that we have a link to this odin.com yeah and he is actually a biologist uh, called george church and he's written a book with another guy ed regis The book has a really interesting title, which is Regenesis. That says actually, actually I think, everything. Right? <laughs> I think it does. Uh, the title is pretty self-explanatory, I think. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, biologist that starts to play around. Well, it's about what is, with the recent advances... Synthetic biology. We yeah, synthetic biology, bringing back extinct species. Uh -huh. You know all this kind of. We've all seen the films, read the books. Definitely, the technology is now catching up with that. Uh huh. So, yeah. this book, Regenesis, is a description by an actual um, by an actual biologist and a science writer of how that may actually come about mm -hmm. based on science. Uh -huh. So that isn't fiction, right? <laughs> yeah. That is fact. So two interesting books there, one fiction, yeah. one fact. Uh, And, well, the question is out there. Would you ever like, would like to, or would you ever try mm. to modify your own genes? Or would you... Would you inject yourself with a biohacked gene therapy if one, it potentially was going to save your life, uh -huh. or two, it might give you a superpower? An advantage, a superpower. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, for example, glow in the dark urine. You will always see where you're peeing, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's. Has yeah. a clear advantage. 
Because, you know, they don't have to put any more the fly in there, so you hit yes, the fly. or the urinal keg with Trump's face <laughs> on it, right? You would know exactly where you were aiming, right? So Definitely. I think uh, the interesting thing is it's going on. Mm-hmm. It's happening whether we want it to or not. I don't see how it can be stopped. Really? No, I don't know. They can make it illegal. That uh-huh. won't stop anybody. Yeah. And another question. If you... Mm. would ever uh, decide to try, if there would be something very specific, mm. what would you do? What would you choose? You mean other than... Not, not necessarily you, I mean our listeners. You mean other than luminous urine? Yeah, probably, yeah. There must be other uses. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. would, be, would be, I don't know, oh. luminous and something. I mean, no. what if you could have a gene therapy that extended the range of radiation that you could see with your eyes. Whoa, then you will be able to see a lot of stuff. Well, what if you could extend, somehow extend your vision to your see vision. Into the infrared? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or make yourself to listen to other frequencies. Yeah, extend like your dogs. audio range. Yeah. That would require, obviously, modification of stuff. Well, maybe genetically your body will... Make those modifications. Well, I suppose you have to know what it is that you have to change. Well, this is that's the what thing. I'm saying. If you could choose something specific, what would it be? We're assuming that is there. Yeah, if it's possible. If it's possible. Yeah, yeah, because clearly we don't have horns. So wanting to grow a yeah. pair of horns may not be such a yeah. achievable thing. Unless you are a fan of uh, Dragon Age and you like the Kunari. Yeah, but, <laughs> but we do have a uh, what do they call it? A um, a tail, right? Mm, like a Saiyan. We have a... Saiyan, yeah. It is, a, what do they call it? It's dormant. The, yeah, it's there. It is, it's it's there. there, but it's suppressed. Uh-huh. What if you could, you know, yeah, come like switch Goku. that on? Right? Yeah. I mean, a tail would be very handy in certain... I mean, look at a kangaroo. Can lift that, and kick. That tail's very useful. Yeah. Right? Keeps the balance. Yeah. And maybe if you, you could, can be drunk and, if you and could, your tail can sustain you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, it's like a three-legged stool, right? Yeah. <laughs> and would it be even better if you could, I'm not saying you have to, but if you could grow a hand on the end. Oh. Yeah. Now you're talking. Because, yeah, sometimes you need, you have the beer, you have the popcorn or the yeah. chips, get the remote control. You could have a bag of crisps in your right, left hand, a beer in your right hand, and still scratch your ass with the hand on the end of your tail. Or change that channel. Or change a channel. I should have thought of that one. Yeah. That's much better than me. <laughs> and more family friendly. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> yes. Looking That's for the it. remote down the side cushions of the couch, right? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we're done now. That's it. Yeah. That's the main topic. X-Men. Are they dead? Are they coming? Or are they coming? I think they're uh huh coming to a coming to a com- neighborhood near, coming to ne- a species near you. Exactly. <laughs> okay, that's it. Let's okay. go to one finally. Okay. Yeah, and uh, finally for this show, we're going to have a little chat about net neutrality. Yes. We've been talking about this, haven't we? Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not happy. It's not the first time that this debate happens. No, it's come up before. The problem is that this time, they are going full force with no consultations, just trying to... Force it through. Force it through. Yeah. I smell big money behind this. Big money and politics. Politics, big money, lobbying. Yeah. First, first thing that I see is uh, this uh, administration in the U.S., Every time there was something made by the Obama administration, it's a no-no. They want to undo it. You right? have to undo it. Yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah. If it was good, yeah. you still have to undo it. Yeah. If it was bad, well, you will undo it yeah. to try to fix it. But there is this obsessive... Uh, but it keeps it simple compulsion. for Trump, doesn't it? Yes, for you that. You yeah. don't have to make a choice. You just undo everything. Which actually is very interesting because Obama actually... Uh, 
didn't create net neutrality. Mm. He just said that government should stay away should support it. and yeah. support it. Yeah. And that's why last time was rejected. Yeah. Like, but, come on. But now the forces now, have changed, right? Yes. There's a lot of big business behind this. Yes. And there is, uh, what's the name of the guy? Ajit Pai, which mm. is the chairman of the FCC. Yeah. He actually used to work for Verizon. Yeah, what a shocker. Yeah. So now he was, some people are saying he was actually put in that role specifically yeah. Yeah. to alter and change this. He's a plant, right? Yes. Yeah. And for the listeners, just... for If somebody uh, doesn't know, let's explain what, what is net neutrality. Yeah, what are we talking about, right? So... Net neutrality, it's about... Uh, Having freedom on the internet without restrictions. I mean, in the an no, open internet, an open internet. Yeah, meaning no company is allowed to either slow down or block mm. websites mm. or, or give preferred speed to others. Exactly. That maybe are from their group. Yeah. For example. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you are. Uh, I don't know. A TV channel, TV chain uh, mm. stations. Uh, that you have also an internet company. Mm. So theoretically, without net neutrality, you can give priority of speed and access to your own mm. streaming channels. And for example, take away Netflix. Yeah. Netflix, you want to access my customers, you have to pay me money. Mm. Or customers have to pay money, mm. or both have to pay money. Yeah. And, and of course, it opens up a wider concern, doesn't oh, it? Yes. Because in order to achieve this... Uh, streaming, as you might call it, uh-huh. uh, controlled streaming of bandwidth for uh, IP addresses is what it comes down to. Uh-huh. Um, that requires a whole layer of control over the uh-huh. internet, which, of course, is open to abuse. Right? Definitely. So let us say you're a um, you're a website that promotes a certain cause or a certain uh-huh. idea. Um, why not? Who could resist? What what uh, group in control couldn't resist restricting the bandwidth yeah. to that platform so that your message doesn't get out to the people who need to see it? And actually, uh, it's very funny because right now everybody wants to have the fastest internet possible. Mm. Everybody wants to be able to have high speeds. Yeah. And now they're about to slow down everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I suspect they're, what they're about to do is allocate the widest bandwidth to the people with the deepest pockets. Probably, yeah. Right. And there's another uh, thing here. The moment, if, if it happens, because mm-hmm. the vote is on the 14th of December, mm-hmm. uh, if it happens that the U.S. approves uh, these... Uh, for the abolishment of this mm. net neutrality mm. and becomes, uh, you know, up to the providers yeah. to regulate this, it's possible that maybe other countries will try to follow. Ultimately, it may spread like a uh-huh. contagion. Now, these might have other connotations around and other reactions mm. because uh, maybe, I don't know how crazy is to think that this is going to create big, Social divides, right? divides and problems. Yeah, they're well, starting by protests. Yeah, and protests being like we have seen sometimes are from mm. any kind of background and sides. Yeah, and maybe crashes could happen, and then we start to have a social uh, disorder. Yeah. Well, again, you you make a good point in that. Um, let us say, for example, we end up with minimally a two uh-huh. speed a two speed internet. Minimally, yeah, I would say that is the uh-huh, uh-huh. so that'll be the beginning. Yeah, um, what is to actually stop uh, infrastructure providers going one step further and saying, "Oh, by the way, this uh, bandwidth that that these rich companies and certain groups are paying for has ninety nine point nine 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 percent uptime." And this bandwidth over here that is free Consumer, yeah. is uh, something less than that. And that can go up and down and we're not really too fussed about it. But these guys over here who are paying, 
that yeah. is solid, right? Definitely. So you're going to get these kinds of uh, injustices, shall we say. And I think it'll end up reflecting this concept that we have at the moment of wealth gaps, right? Mm-hmm. So the gap we have between rich and poor in terms of the inequality, money, yeah. the inequalities, that will pervade into the internet. So we'll end up with a bandwidth wealth gap. Right? Yeah, definitely. Which is which could be also used after for all kinds monetary of monetary purposes. Of and, all you yeah. all you see behind this move is monetization of bandwidth. Yeah. And political interference. You know, it's like we were talking the other day about water. Yeah. And as a scarce resource, become more valuable and trading with water. Yeah. Well, maybe you could start to train, trade the bandwidth. bandwidth. Why not? Yeah. Why? You know, we have a we had this attempt at a carbon market. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which has failed, as far as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Why don't we have a bandwidth market? Why not if we can make money? Or if some people can make money. Exactly. And this yeah. is the problem again. Right? So, this mm. is a very complicated and delicate situation. It is. And we don't support it, do we? No, we don't no, at all. we don't. No. So, we just would like to encourage you to, if you live in the US, yeah. maybe you can... Make your views known. Make your views to be known, yeah. Write to your congressman. Definitely. Yeah. Because remember that they represent you. Allegedly. We're, allegedly. We're mm. not... Servants. We're well, yeah. not the slaves here. No, apparently not. Apparently. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Even though it doesn't quite look that way. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. make your view known. Uh, you will find out some links also now in the show notes. You can go check down on there. Yeah. Or go into their websites, emails, and all things you can do to support the campaign for not... For not... For maintaining, for maintaining net, net neutrality. Now, we're in Europe, and in Europe, actually, this debate has been had and has been rejected. Yes. It has been rejected already, but... At the moment. For now, exactly. Because I can see that if the US adopts it, then it's going. we're going to get the, well, what's the point in having all this bandwidth here when it can't actually be used when it gets into... They will be called for uh, fair practices. You yeah. know why? In the past, Europe has called American companies for fair practices. Yeah. Now can be the other way around. Yeah. And because of they cannot say like, oh no, doesn't apply that the other way around. Yeah. They will have to somehow find a solution. Yeah. And compromise. And govern, uh, private companies in Europe could start to apply the same yeah. pressure on their governments to remove that neutrality. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Interesting times ahead. Uh-huh. I think the problem with the internet as a kind of a thing is that it's an intangible, right? It's invisible. It's it not, is. It's not like you can look out the window and go, oh, there's the internet going by the apartment. <laughs> it just passed right? by. <laughs> I just saw it. Yeah. I saw some packets <laughs> of information just go right past the window. The, the thing is, it's invisible, and it's sometimes difficult for people to get their head around what mm-hmm. this is all about because... You, you know, it's a bit like uh, turning your light switch on and the light comes on. Mm-hmm. You kind of just expect the you, internet's going to be You take there, it right? for granted. Yeah, you yeah. do, until it's too late. Until right? it's too late, yeah. So That was your finally. That was indeed the finally and a very good one. Mm-hmm. And this is the end of the show. Thank you, Carl. A uh, very interesting show. It I'm, was. I'm going off to start studying biohacking. But yeah, I'm, let's modify some stuff. I'm going all out for, for my... For the tail? Lo- no, I'm going for luminous urine. Ah, okay. I think... You think it will be more useful? Yeah. I've just got this... I've got a feeling about it. Yeah, it could, you know, be trendy yeah. soon. Although I'll probably end up just with luminous beer, but you know. <laughs> but I still like the tail idea. Or maybe luminous beer, but when you pee it, your pee is transformed to be luminous, so you don't have to hug yourself. I like that. There you that. go. Yes, so do the luminous beer. Yeah. The rest, as they say, will follow. Exactly. Nature will take its course. Uh-huh. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you Evil heard plan. it here first, folks. Yes. And if you want uh, to take our idea, please yes. donate uh, some money to us as well. Please do, yeah. <laughs> this, this entertainment doesn't happen at no cost. No, exactly. Actually... 
Yeah. Our dignity, for example, is damaged every Definitely. And if you want the show to be running more time without yeah. interruptions, maybe yeah. certain donation would help. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so anyway. we don't have to. Anyway, There never mind. We thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. And we will talk to you next time. Yeah. Down the rabbit hole. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Dark Mind Radio 2017.